Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What do Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and LeBron James have in common? Well, they're all going to be topics here on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday edition of Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Let's get in to Critical Thinking. Good Truth or Fiction Tuesday to you, Pat. How are you? Well, I wish my allergies would go away, but otherwise I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Would you say maybe you're possibly allergic to the show? Yes, yes, possibly. It's dude, very possible. Bra, bra, dude, bra, bra, dude. Y- you're on the show. I, I know. It's it's a it. Call it self-loathing or whatever you will. <laughs> Fear and the loathing way, in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, my Reds are not self-loathing because they they avoided the the sweep yesterday. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We still suck. So do my brewers, but um, I I'm the not happy. Sucks, but yeah. Yep. Yep. I am not happy at all with this Brewers team. Now I will say this: when I think three quarters of your starting lineup on opening day is on the DL, and you're still leading the division, can I can I complain about that? No, I won't. Now, that being said, have I watched this team play for more than an inning and a half in the last month? No. <laughs> so, uh, that being said, um, it is time for the Truth or Fiction Tuesday here on the program. We're going to talk some Tim Scott, some Nikki Haley, some LeBron James, and Woke. Yes, yes, we are. And by the way, speaking of Woke, Pat, on Thursday... We're going to do a deep dive into this newfound define woke. You can't define woke scenario from the left. And this is their latest line of attack. Well, see, woke is just a umbrella term and, and you people don't know anything about it. Except for we do. And that's a problem for them. So we're going to, we're going to help you 
number one, understand what they define woke as. Number two, what some on the right have had as descriptors and definitions of it and give you a usable definition of woke. So we're going to talk about it on Thursday, but we are also going to talk a little bit about it today here on Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Um, That being said, Pat, I think we need to start with the GOP primary. I really do. Um, Because the great state of South Carolina, the great state of Carolina, the great state of South Carolina, I don't know. Have you ever been there, Pat? Have you ever visited? I've driven through it many years ago. Gotcha, gotcha. En route to Florida? Yes. Okay. It is a very intriguing state to drive through because we literally drove from north to south. We drove from, um, you know, where we live in Chicago all the way down and through to Charleston. So um, it's a very intriguing state. It is a great state to for scenery as well. Um, I find it fascinating um, in, in that respect. That being said, it has produced Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. Two squishes, according to most. But I'm going to ask a very simple question here with my first truth or fiction. Tim Scott is the real dark horse in the GOP primary. No pun intended. Truth or fiction, Pat? This is this is this is a tough one. Frankly, because I can make the argument either way. Mm. Um, okay. But I'm ultimately going to go with. Well, before you before you give us an answer, let me play you something. Okay. That happened um, either on Friday or on Monday. I think this might happen on Monday, but either way, Tim Scott went on. The View. And if we rewind a few weeks, what did they do to Tim Scott and Clarence Thomas? The most racist BS ever, right? They they can't right, think for themselves. Right. Systemic racism. And you don't know what it's like to be a black man in America if you're Tim Scott. Right. He went on The that. View, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hear this out. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the uh, question that you've answered. Does ex- or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things that I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, I can't but it imagine, is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still in, 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15% employment in the African-American community. 
community for the first time in the history of the country is under 5%. 40% homelessness and 50% of African-Americans of the folks get, in our community get 13% make, of the population. You had a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. That is true. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed that faith in God, mm -hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... So America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face... 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And here's the way that you, you measured that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success That's that we've had. HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCU staff is a good okay. one because one of the reasons why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So I'm about making sure that our kids have as many opportunities to succeed as possible. It's one of the reasons why I need I did, an opportunity to well, succeed because <laughs> I have to go to Brandon. Oh. So. I wanted to play that for you, Pat, because I think that can possibly influence and possibly give some insight into an answer as we are ramping up a GOP primary season. So it doesn't really change my answer. Okay. Um, my 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 ultimate um, answer was going to be truth mm. in the sense of I think that Tim Scott can be the adult in the room with the bloodbath that we know that's going to be coming between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Now, is Tim Scott going to win states? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 and I, don't, I want to refrain from saying that he won't win any states because I've been very wrong before on that kind of stuff. I, I, don't, I don't truly know what's going to happen in the primary. But from what we've seen in the last, you know, few years, it looks like it's going to be a Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis show. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly think it's probably going to be between those two as of right now. Now, could that all change tomorrow, especially if, if Trump is uh, not able to run anymore? Yes, it, it totally could change. Uh, but if he's able to run at the end of the day, you know, I, 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 I don't really know what's going to happen there. But yes, I do believe that that Tim Scott could be the dark horse in the sense that he could be the adult in the room and actually uh, be somewhat of a unifier at the end of the day as well. So, but that, does that does that translate to him winning primaries or states? I have no idea. Yeah, and and by dark horse, I mean we've kind of seen this 
you know, pop up, if you will, in different primary seasons where maybe somebody wins an early state and then, you know, kind of flames out. Pete Buttigieg is a good example of this, right? Where he kind of made a, a gallant or a valiant, I should say, run at, at things and then hold up, wait a minute, we don't want Bernie Sanders uh, coalesce around Joe Biden, right? I'm not suggesting that that's what's going to happen here. But what I am suggesting is that people don't like the food fight, especially when you see it on Twitter all the time. And it's really almost unavoidable. And it's disgusting. It's horrific what people are doing to each other in the name of some godlike candidate. Uh, if you're a MAGA forever type or Ron DeSantis forever, um, I just... People are clamoring for something different. And I think what they liked about Ron DeSantis and what people like about him is that he has the policies, right? But a different way of attack, right? And it's never personal. You notice that? It, it, it's never the deeply personal with Ron DeSantis. It's it's shut up, you're woke or whatever. You know, he, he speaks plainly, but also in a way in which is not meant to physically insult somebody. That's not Donald Trump. But what I saw here from Tim Scott is the most presidential thing I've seen from anybody in 20 years. He literally looked the people who told him he doesn't know what it is to be a black man in America. One of the most offensive things I have ever seen anybody say. He looked them in the face, went on their show, calmly, peacefully flipped them the bird and did so in a way in which you watched Sonny Hostin's face, you watched Whoopi Goldberg's face, right? You might as well have had drool running down their, out of their mouth. He literally made them shut up to the point in which, by the way, he was owning them so bad that they had to cut to break. Here's the reality of that show, Pat. It's a taped show. It's not live. So, I, I haven't seen anybody answer that type of racist dog whistle BS better than that in my entire life. Because he put it quantitatively, right? He put it in terms of generational, and he got the main point correct. We're never going to be a perfect union, but can we strive to be a more perfect union? And he's not interested in playing victim games at all. He's interested in, I'm a success because I can be a success, and so can you. And I'm not an exception. I'm the rule. That well, answer I, I, I think is, like I said, the most presidential thing I've ever seen. So I think that he is a dark horse. Does it mean that this carries momentum to January, February, March of next year? I don't know, to your point. But what it does is it puts him on that stage. It puts him in the thought of the GOP voter that is paying attention right now. And can he take that momentum and bottle it up. And I think he had 
um, a couple of moments in there in which you can use that on the campaign trail of slogans. The more perfect union part, right? And I believe the part about um, measuring it in generations. And then become the rule, not the exception. Those three things, like I... I think that's what he can really do. I'm the rule, not the exception. I I think I think um, he's he, if anything, <laughs> what happened here is that he show he has shown that he is worth listening to. He has shown that he is worth mm-hmm. consideration. He has shown that he is worthy of respect. He is um, worthy of of the big time stage. Yes, I agree. And and honestly, I also think because I, again, I don't know what's going to happen in the primary. I mean, we we think we know, but we don't really know. No. Okay. Um but if if it plays out the way that we think it could, mm-hmm. he could be a potential VP pick. Yeah, and I think that's where he that's the lane that he's going for, right? Right. So, do I think that that could be a Ron DeSantis pick? I don't believe so. Um, I believe that he's angling towards a Trump VP pick. I, I really think that's where they're going to go with this. Um, if that were the case, I think if you're Ron DeSantis, you've got to find uh, uh, a female uh, to do this. And I think you're looking at maybe potentially Christy, Christy Nome, but for sure Kim Reynolds in Iowa. You know, you might look at some other, some other options um, elsewhere, but I think, you know, he puts himself in the position of, okay, I'm an adult. And if you don't want the food fight, here I am. And and, right. and more importantly, I'm not going to yell and scream and, you know, do the vitriol of the left. I'm the anti-left. He has a lane and a path. It'll be interesting, like we said, to see where that goes how he takes this momentum because this is a momentous moment. Okay. This was that like, if we look back at like, let's say the 2000 or the 2008 or the 2012 primaries, right? There were momentous moments, things that you remember about those events. This is one of them. So we'll see what happens. But let's continue talking about the great state of South Carolina, Pat, because I believe you have a truth or fiction that we should really be getting into. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Your truth or fiction, Pat. Truth or fiction, Nikki Haley won't make it to the Iowa primary. A thousand percent truth. One thousand percent truth, Pat. One thousand percent truth. I have literally never seen somebody running for any office, dog catcher, um, town clerk, right? Even unopposed in an election. Do what Nikki Haley did on that CNN town hall over the weekend. She went on air, Pat, and literally gave Ron DeSantis' campaign commercial. She went on air and made it sound like it was bad that wait for this, Pat. People donated to Ron DeSantis's uh, election and re-election campaigns, right? Yeah. To a significant degree from Disney. 
And then when Disney did something that Ron DeSantis didn't like, more importantly, that was kind of creepy. He decided to do what, Pat? Not kowtow to his donors and went after two of the biggest donors to his campaign, namely Disney and its executives, and shot down like a billion-dollar potential business operation. <clears throat> and then didn't care. So wait, that's a bad thing? That that the the bad thing, the lesson that Nikki Haley wanted us to learn, <clears throat> excuse me, the lesson that she wanted us to learn on CNN was what, Pat? That not being beholden to donors is a bad thing? You literally reminded the people all over the country that Ron DeSantis said F you to the people who donated to his own election, his own pocketbook, right? His own ability to lead and said, Neh, I don't, I don't care. As if that's a bad thing. This is the same Nikki Haley who said, <clears throat> well, uh, I'll introduce you to the people of South Carolina and, and we'll take your billion dollars. And we won't care about you grooming our kids either. What? What? I have never seen as dumb of a campaign as I have seen from a supposedly really smart, stately individual like Nikki Haley. There ain't no way you overcome. Here's the campaign for my entire opponent. Literally, all they have to do is play Nikki Haley saying that. <clears throat> Ron DeSantis does not. I repeat does not kowtow to those who donate to his campaign. Nikki Haley. <laughs> what? Ain't no way she makes it to January. I bet she doesn't even make it to October, Pat. She's, she's going to give me <clears throat> close to Kamala Harris vibes. Bro. She's mm -hmm. already given me Kamala Harris vibes in terms of primaries. Um, it's it's this is again to your point. This is a thousand percent truth. I, mm -hmm. I I totally agree with that. I'm going to go a slightly different way than what you did, because but but all of what you just said was really good points as well. My argument is that this is a woman that has no clue what time it is, no clue. She has no clue what the most important issues to. Um, voters right. are going to be in this election. No <clears throat> clue. No clue. Mm -hmm. And this headline from the Daily Wire will, will prove it. Nikki Haley says, war in Ukraine, one we have to win, defeat risks world war. Mm -hmm. So we've donated billions of dollars to Ukraine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For an ongoing war effort that doesn't seem to have really any end in sight anytime soon. Correct. People are pretty pissed about that, considering all the issues that we have going on here, especially financially. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, we're still sending another country billions of dollars to a war that's not even ours. To a war that we probably shouldn't be involved with in the first place. Mm -hmm. So and I think that's how mm -hmm. most people feel about it. And yet she's sitting here saying the contrary of what most people think about it. So. 
I mean, politics 101, right? I mean, you got to kind of figure out, like, how do my voters feel about certain issues? Mm -hmm. This ain't that. And secondly, you got to figure out what the most important issues are to your voters. This ain't that. So, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this. Uh, uh I get where you're going because uh -huh. it's not where the base is. But we have seen too many of politicians, Pat, just placate and pander. In fact, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did it yesterday, Pat. On the Twitter spaces that he did with Elon Musk, he claimed he was pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun, and went down a litany of all these other things, right? That he was right. pro, but his entire adult life suggests completely op opposite of that. You, We have seen an entire political class pander, pander, pander to what the base wants or or what they think they want to hear or what polling is telling them. I would rather she speak her truth or the truth that as she sees it, right, as to what she believes is the correct course of action and let me decide whether that is a good thing or a bad thing. W would you rather that she answers the question of Ukraine and says, I don't want to go to war in Ukraine, but she doesn't really mean it? No. Exactly. No, that, so that, so, there, that that, the so I, I got to be. I understand what the point that you're making is that she is not where the base is. That's a totally different argument than the argument of she has to tell the base what they want to hear. No, she has to tell them what she believes is the right course of action to let them make their own decision. Now, is it in lockstep with what the majority of the base believes on Ukraine? No. But does that also make it wrong? I don't know. And here's the, here's the rub on this, Pat. As I hear people say, well, it's not popular. Well, it's, you know, what what uh, business do we have over there? As I hear these arguments, I also think back to the arguments that were made of not getting involved in World War II. And the economic argument being made was that we can't afford it and that we're going through the Great Depression and, and we have to focus here on ourselves and, and get ourselves better. The ironic part of all of it is that one of the engines that really kickstarted the economy was the war. And I'm not suggesting that that's the case here. What I am suggesting is it is eerily similar in terms of the arguments that are being made. I'm not suggesting that the the predicate is the same, though, right? Like, we're not talking about the situation in which Russia wants to take everything over, what potentially could be the case, right? We're also not talking about Russia committing, you know, genocide. Allegedly not, right? So the the underpinnings are not quite the same. The arguments are eerily similar. We're almost in the same financial situations, although different because I can make an argument over the last couple of months we've seen really good positive economic growth that suggests that we're not in a recession anymore, um, we're teetering and we have to do the right things going forward to, to get us out of the recession. But we have a couple months here in which it suggests that we're in a good potential position going forward. So all I'm saying is we have to be careful about saying you can't say something on the stage. No, I want you to speak the truth. I want to speak. I want you to speak what you believe in your heart to be the right decision. And I can make a decision as to whether I agree with that or not. I don't want you pandering. I don't want you to focus group. I don't want any of that crap. 
from any of my candidates. So that's where I'm at with that. I, I don't want you pandering either. I'm just I all I'm saying is I don't I just don't think she understands what time it is. Right. Those are two so, different things. Yeah. So um and and speaking of that, here's the here's the clip that I was talking about, by the way, because I forgot to play it before. Um here's the clip of Nikki Haley and talking about the Ron DeSantis in kind contribution to his own campaign. So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. I, businesses were my partners in South Carolina. We didn't always get along. And I, you know, luckily South Carolina is very anti-woke. But when you have a company like that, don't bring the citizens taxpayer dollars into it. Pick up the phone, deal with it, settle it the way you should. And I just think he's being hypocritical in that. So um. I'm just going to address the <clears throat> I'm just going to address the lawsuit portion of this and the vendetta portion of this. This isn't a Ron DeSantis vendetta, okay? This is Disney took a, po a political position on grooming. Disney took a political position that is pro groomer. And then Ron DeSantis said, despite the money, the, the quote-unquote influencers, right, in and around his circle from Disney, right, and said, um, you're going to be pro-groomer and you're going to attempt to stick your nose in politics. It's not a vendetta. It's simply consequences for that, right? That's not a vendetta. A vendetta would be Ron DeSantis personally going after the people at Disney. No, he literally said, Disney, no, we're done. And as for the taxpayer money situation, she's right in terms of the, that it will take taxpayer money to fight this, but at the same point in time, doing the right thing matters. And I am pretty sure that at the end of this, the Reedy Creek Improvement District in which they pay no taxes, bubkiss, nothing to the people of Orange County and is it Osaloosa County or something, there's two counties that's involved here, are going to enjoy their taxes being paid for. And what I mean by that is Disney's now going to have to pay taxes in Florida. Well, uh, we were partners with businesses. You're right. But when your partnership goes against the values and when your partnership means you are fighting against the state, right? And you're fighting against um, moral values. Uh, there are consequences to that. 
You know, and I used an example. There's a there's a brewing company in the North Woods of Wisconsin. It's a very popular vacation destination called Monaqua. Okay. During the 2016, or is it 2020? 2020 campaign. During the 2020 campaign, uh, the Monaco Brewing Company hosted overtly political campaign um, stops. Not just that they allowed their space to be open to anybody who wanted to campaign there. They only opened it to one side. And it was as far left as you could possibly get. Okay. Guess what? Their business went down even now it had a initial bump of people who were of that ilk going up but they suffered a consequence for it because the people who are of the right don't feel welcome there anymore right you you opened yourself up disney does this by deciding to become a political animal if you will you wade into the political waters you're going to play the political game and sometimes that means you're going to get bitten other times, you might be doing the biting. More importantly, the message that is being sent by Ron DeSantis here is what? Nikki Haley is trying to tell us that Ron DeSantis being in the pocket of these people was bad and then deciding to go against the very people that he was, quote-unquote, in the pocket of is bad. How do you square that? That is the most pretzel logic I have ever seen on the stage. Uh, it's trying to put a um, round peg in a square hole. And the seals just, or, 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 how, how do you input that information and get that as a response? Uh, how? Like on any level of logic, how is that the, Wait a minute. This is a good. Now, can I agree that misusing public funds to fight personal vendettas is bad? Yeah, but this ain't a personal vendetta. And that's the problem that Nikki Haley has is that Ron DeSantis is doing things not on a personal level, but as a statesman, right? He is literally the head of that state's government. He has a responsibility and a role to the taxpayer. She's right about that. But is or is not his role to defend the taxpayer from corporations attempting to do what? Literally influence legislation. They, that's, what, that's what was going on here. Disney was attempting to tell and intimidate state senators and state assemblies, men and women, on a vote on a bill about the don't say gay bill, Right which doesn't include don't say gay anywhere or the word gay anywhere or don't and say anywhere in that bill. So what obligation does Ron DeSantis have other than to defend that? I don't understand how you think that that, that is the political attack, the, the, um, one of the levers that you should pull on the election cycle. I, I, like I said, she doesn't know what time it is. She has no clue what time it is. None. Oh, we're the most anti-woke state in South Carolina. The the state that gives us the most milquetoast voting records of Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott. 
Yeah, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And with that, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you ready for that? Oh, yeah. Alrighty then, today's headline. Newsom says it's cruel and unusual to fly immigrants to California. Newsom says it's cruel and unusual to fly immigrants to California. And while you are thinking about that, folks, do not forget, if you're looking to do business with people who don't insult you, it is important to understand if a business cares about politics or not. Um, And there are businesses out there that just want to produce good products, great products, grand, wonderful products for everybody. That includes coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about their coffee, fresh roasted, and nothing else. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING, where they care about their coffee and nothing else. coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING for 5% off of your purchase today. All right, Pat, do you need the headline one more time? One more time. Newsom says it's cruel and unusual to fly immigrants to California. Is this the B or not the B? That is my question. I mean, that seems like a very dumb thing for him to say, especially given the fact that California is a very immigrant-heavy state. Um. I'm going to go with this being the Babylon B. And you are correct. $100 some central bank digital currency into the account that we can't access because our ESG score is way too low. <clears throat> according to the Babylon B, according to sources, California Governor Gavin Newsom is condemning the recent trend of charter flights full of illegal migrants arriving in his state as, quote, cruel and unusual punishment. What kind of heartless bully would load migrants into a plane and send them to California of all places, said an angry Newsom in a statement from his private banquet room at the French Laundry. We don't even have water, electricity, or housing here. Whoever is doing this is inhumane. No migrant should be forced to live in a state with so many problems. Not that any of that is my fault or anything. The governor is calling on law enforcement to find out who's responsible for the flights to the sanctuary state of California so he can send them back to a place where they at least have a shot at a better life. Quote, this is cruel and unusual punishment. Whoever did this should be ashamed, Newsom said. Migrants deserve better than a place like this. At publishing time, the arriving migrants elected to return from uh, return to Ecuador after seeing the state of California. <laughs> ouch, man, ouch. Ouch, man, ouch. Now, um, by the way, Ecuador has some really good beaches. Uh, but anyway, um, that's not that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I think this is a great satire because Newsom was pissed when Ron DeSantis flew them clear across the country and plopped them right into San Francisco and said, have at it, Hoss. And by the way, can we talk about this, too? Um, Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, has now suggested that private um, private residences should be open to housing the illegal immigrants that are flocking to the city or being bussed into the city. I, look, I have long said that this should have been the strategy all along from the right. 
let's make them own their poop, right? Okay, you right. you say you're the most welcoming, the you you don't want the federal government involved with the the illegal immigrants and we're going to stand up for the illegal immigrants in America, right? <clears throat> we're going to stand up for the illegal immigrant. We're going to make sure the federal government and the those bastards at ICE, right? Can't can't get these people when they commit crimes and and we're a sanctuary city so we're also going to make sure you've got government documents that make you somehow tied to the united states of america right okay cool well guess what we're now going to make sure that because we don't in this state believe that that you live what you preach and and chicago pissed right the residents on the south side are pissed about $50 million and now almost a hundred, I think it's a hundred million dollars or no. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred million dollars being spent on the migrant crisis, quote unquote here. Now, do I believe that they should be treated inhumanely? Of course not. Right. That's not what I'm suggesting in any way, shape or form. What I am suggesting is you don't know your ass from your elbow. When you're talking as a sanctuary city, you don't understand the implications of what's going on on the border. Because you are cozy in San Francisco, right? You're six and a half hours away from the border in San Francisco, seven hours, whatever it is. In you're a day's trip, literally a day's trip in Chicago, New York City, you know, all of that sort of stuff. You have no idea what it's like to live in El Paso, to live in, you know, the border towns of Texas and New Mexico and Arizona, right? You have no idea. None. <clears throat> now that you're seeing it up front, for instance, we also had a, a picture of <clears throat> people outside of one of the police stations here in Chicago, literally just like tailgating their ass off, uh, you know, cases of Heineken and, and grills going and all this other stuff. Like it's a freaking game day. Right out on the streets. It's interesting that now they're paying attention to a housing crisis as well, right, Pat? Suddenly, whoa, God, we don't have enough houses. No bleep, Sherlock. We've been telling you that in the real estate industry for 15 years now. You've refused to figure out that maybe, just maybe, we should figure out a plan and a path towards building more housing. Instead, you decide rent control is the way to go, which depresses developers, builders, everybody from wanting to build new housing. And then you refuse to do the one thing that would make a hell of a lot of sense right now, Pat. We have about 35% vacancy rate in our um, commercial real estate here in downtown Chicago, right? The big high rises, right? As yeah. leases expire, as businesses say, you know what? Not enough of our people. We need to downsize what we what we have a lease agreement with for you, right? Why are we not using those places that have running water, plumbing, all of that, and converting them quickly into housing, whether that's apartments or whatever, so that these people can live? Why are we not doing that as an industry? 
Oh, it's because government won't allow you to change the zoning. Good luck. Oh, by the way, that's not zoned for residential. That's all commercial. Okay, but um, 35% on occupancy. Change what? the zoning. You change the that. zoning a lot. Like, there are things that we could be doing that don't cost any money to the government. None. And would hire some of these people to help build the infrastructure in these buildings that need to be built, right? Would give union workers more work and jobs. Would allow people to have housing. Oh, because it would be downtown, Pat, and these people are too poor for that, according to the left. See, you can't have the poors downtown. And oh, by the way, 75% of the, the people that have been sent up here are single males. What? Are we addressing that? No. I, I, I don't. I don't understand what we're doing here. I really don't. The hypocrisy of we're a sanctuary city and then, but you sent the migrants to us. Bueller. Bueller. Uh, uh, absolute hell. All right, with that, Pat, it's time to move on to more possible what the absolute hells here on the program. It is time for my second truth or, well, let's go with your truth or fiction, actually. Let's go with your second okay. truth or fiction first, which is... Truth or fiction, LeBron James will retire after the NBA Finals are over. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with this being truth. Um, It's kind of sad that my entire like legal drinking age life, LeBron James, I believe, has been a member of the NBA. He's what, 39? 38? I think he's 38. Yeah, so he's only three years younger than me, right? And um, the last couple of years have been very disappointing. He's His body is breaking down. It's going the Tiger Woods route, right? That's what's happening. And I'm not going to fault him for that because he's played a long time in the NBA. What, 19 years? 20 or 21 now? He was drafted in 2003. Right. Twenty years. So when I was when I would have turned yeah. the year I would have turned twenty one would have been his first year in the uh, NBA. So twenty years. Well, this would be his twentieth. So nineteen years in the league. What more does he have to prove? That's the other part of this. I, I would look at it from the perspective of my body's breaking down. My team isn't great around me. I'm kind of an albatross around the neck financially of that team. Right. I, what do I have left? Do I have anything left to give? No. I've become a pariah for a lot of people. I've become a lightning rod, right? With all my flopping and all that sort of stuff that we've seen over the last two years, increase and increase and increase. For me, if I'm looking at it, I, what's the motivation here? What is it? You've accomplished everything that you need to accomplish. You are in the conversation with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and yourself, right? 
as the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. You've won a bunch of championships. What more do you need? Would it would have been nice to have gone out as a champion? Sure. Are you, is that going to happen next year at the Lakers? Probably not. Not as long as uh, Jokic is uh, your stumbling block in the Western Conference. Giannis in the East. I was going to say, Jokic is not the only stumbling block in the West. Oh, I know that, but yeah. he's your main stumbling block in the Western Conference right now. Um, I, I, I'd be gone if I were him. What say you? I, I, I like that analysis actually, um, because I actually thought very similarly in that. Okay, well, what I mean is, he going to win another championship? Probably not. Not, not with this team. It's, it's too injury prone. First of all especially in Anthony Davis. Um, the Lakers don't seem to be willing to make some some big moves um, because, frankly, I don't think they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I ultimately go with fiction on this in that I think LeBron James, in his mind, still has one thing left to prove, and I think he still wants to attempt to prove it and that, that he is better than Kobe and, and Michael. Uh, which I fundamentally will disagree with. Um, Is anybody going to change their mind on a season of 39-year-old LeBron no. James? No. But, but, but I, th- I, think, I think he wants to give himself the chance to win another title. Um, the, the, the question I have is, is he going to play in L.A. next year? Because there's, there is talk about him possibly going to Dallas. It's not going to happen. Um you know, there, there was talk about him wanting to play with his son. I don't think that's going to happen either. No. Um, I it, it just doesn't make any sense. And so um, I, I think he might give himself one more year, but is it possible that he'll retire? Yes. I just, I just don't know that his ego is ready to let that happen yet. And meanwhile, over in the, uh, the world of hockey, the Stanley Cup finals uh, domination by the way, by uh, Las Vegas. It, the Panthers are in some trouble. 7-2 losers last night. 5-2 losers in game one. My pocketbook has been a winner. Uh, I just keep betting the overs. Over, over, over. Um, and then the under on the Panthers. The under of two and a half goals the last two games. That's been great for me. Um, yeah. It's a good time if you're a sports fan. Um, check out the Stanley Cup Finals more, I would say, than the NBA Final right now. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's just me. Um, that having been said, Pat, um, I think it's time for my truth or fiction, this final truth or fiction on the day. And that is <clears throat> the war against woke won't be won at the ballot box, but rather by defeating corporate control of government. Truth or fiction? So I know where you're going with this, and and I ultimately agree with the premise, but I'm going fiction. And the reason why I'm going fiction is because it has to be both. It can't just be one or the other. It has to be both. You can't just defeat corporate and not go after the political. Hmm. It has to be both. Okay. Why does it have to be both? 
I'm just curious just because, as to as to your reasoning here. So so just so my reasoning would be is that yes that that uh, corporate. Be, well, let's, let's start here. Let's start here. Corporate corporations and government are always downwind of culture, right? So, uh, I I would argue that that culture is is where you start. Then you go after the corporations to to influence the culture there, and then making sure that you clean out the corruption of politics. Just because you do the predecessor to politics, does it mean that politics is automatically going to follow suit? That's my reasoning. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go truth on this one. I'm going to buck what you're going to say here. And here's the reason behind it, Pat. While I see your point, ask yourself who is in control. It is the corporation, right? It is the oligarchy, Black Rocks, the vanguards, right? They're controlling corporations and government. They're the ones that are in this position. So if you break woke corporate control, you break up the control that BlackRock, Vanguard, others have. More important than that, Pat, if we are just to focus on the woke warrior set, right? I, like we, we elect everybody who's anti-woke. Does it change anything? No. Why not? Because in order for that change to happen, right, for us to defeat woke from the ballot box, what that would have to mean is that we not only elect those who are, quote unquote, anti-woke, right, that they hold super majorities, more importantly, right, they got to get to 60 in in the uh, Senate. It doesn't matter whom would be um, in power, right, as the executive signing the bills or vetoing bills doesn't matter do you trust that the gop would have 60 members that would actually toe the line on anti-woke legislation no more important than that pat have we seen any indication that anybody in congress is willing to actually pull the purse strings actually do their damn job no so simply taking let's say the squishes like kevin mccarthy or mike gallagher who's from my home district back in in green bay taking these types of of people right and pulling them out and putting in the the woke the anti-woke warrior set does it change because the mechanism that needs to change is the purse strings and as we have noted on this program not just the purse strings but stopping the bureaucracies from doing what filling in the blanks on legislation right so you have to do two, three things, right? You have to elect a super majority state. You have to um, have legislators actually legislate. And then you have to have them control the purse strings. On the flip side of this, you have to ask yourself, how, who is populating these bureaucracies? It is the corporate crony class that is populating these bureaucracies. And how do you stop? So the easier, the path of least resistance, not most resistance, but the path of least resistance to influencing the change that's going to be needed, right, to stop this is to fight the corporate woke set. 
And you can do that with some of the EFTs that are out there. I can't remember the name of the EFT that exists right now, but it has become the third largest shareholder of some of these companies and has basically a pledge to the board that we're going to, when it comes to voting, we're going to put and infiltrate people who don't believe in woke onto that board. We're going to do it. We're going to pay attention. We're going to fight that fight. And when you break that back of that woke corporate set, the influencers become you, not them. And in fighting the war, you can't fight the war politically. It is impossible to do it on its own. It is impossible to vote your way out of this. Okay. That is a thousand percent impossible. To your point, culture, it, uh, corporations are downstream of culture. Politics is the last part of that, right? It's the mouth of the river, if you will, right? It is the, the, the place that opens up into the floodgates, if you will. So how do you, how do you stop? You have to stop it before it gets there, before it gets out of control. And so that means that it has to come from stopping it in the business world. That, that's the reality of the situation. We, you can't stop it by voting your way out. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. It will, never so, will. 120% agree with that. I, I guess the, the only thing that I really just remotely would disagree on would be Okay, so you so you take care of the corporate side of things. You get you get the woke out of corporations and and get them to quit. You know, tucking the purse strings, right? Well, you still have you, if you still have the corruption in politics, who's pulling the purse strings then? So, and what are they what are they doing with those purse strings? So that's my point: is that you've become the influencer. You take that power vacuum. You suck yourself into that power vacuum so that you are now the one that is in control. And guess what you do with that control? You do the right thing. You put that control back in the hands and say to here, no, I don't want any of it. I demand something. Right. Um, a, a great example of this is it happens in the Bible, right? In, in the gospel of John, as, as Jesus kind of teaches, I, I'm putting it on you right? You are the people that will form my church, right? You are the people that will form something different. And it's on my back and the back of my father, right? But I'm going to give you the tools to do different and to be different, right? That's what's happening there is you, you are now the people that have the influence. You are now the people. And it's not about populating the bureaucracy to your point. Yeah, you have to have a political aspect to this, but it's not about voting your way. You cannot right. no, vote anybody in positions of power that will matter. It is about making with. sure that the people that do get voted in understand understand that doing business the way that it was done doesn't work. Right? And then as as those and then having a plan in place to depopulate the bureaucracy to to lessen that influence, right? That it doesn't matter who's in those positions of power because okay, if you're not going to do that, right? If you're not going to stop the influence of bureaucracies, then us, the ones that did take that control back, 
we're going to take those positions and then we're just going to make sure that we do nothing with them, right? That's the reality of how you deal with this. There, there is no fighting your way out by voting your way out. If you believe that in this audience, if you believe I need to find that that one guy, like the the, the people, the, the MAGA Forever crowd, the, the only Ron DeSantis crowd, all of those types of people are absolutely insane if they believe that that's going to be the way to go. So my point is, Pat, they, you cannot follow somebody off of a cliff because they're always going to disappoint you. They always will, unless their name is Jesus Christ. Okay, and that ain't happening anytime soon. Although some of us would like it to happen sooner than later because we know what's coming, right? With the second coming, let's let's get to the rapture, right? Like let's let's get through some of this crap and, and get onto the other side of this and hope for a better life. But my but not, that notwithstanding, right? That that it that thing happening, um, you you, you can't trust. In any of this, you have to trust in yourself and you have to trust that that you banding together in fellowship changes this. That's the reality of the situation. We've talked about it ad nauseum. It's the fellowship. And and what is a fellowship? It is these an EFT-like situation in which you are literally pooling resources, pooling your honor, your you know, life, your fortune, whatever, together and going all in and fighting it. You can't fight it at the ballot box. Doesn't matter. Donald Trump will disappoint you. Ron DeSantis will disappoint you. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Put any politician, Chip Roy, right? Uh, Thomas Massey. As much as I agree with most of what they believe in, especially Thomas Massey, he disappointed me with voting yes on the uh, on the debt ceiling limit bill. They're going to disappoint you. And usually it's on the big things, not the little things. So do not think that if I just fervently just get even more behind Donald Trump or more behind Ron DeSantis, things are going to change. No, they're not. They're only ever going to change behind one guy, and he hasn't come back yet. Mm-hmm. Precisely. All right. So with all of that out of the way, Pat, any final thoughts on today's program? Well, it's going to be this simple. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I would like to apologize for our, to our audience because my allergies really do suck today. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547, don't forget, eat all your meals today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.